This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. The one leg of the three legs needed to cash for the Steelers to make the playoffs that I am the utmost confident in. Right, by far. Is Steelers beating the Browns. They're going to beat the Browns. And this is a statistic that I think people get more tired of than like these days, especially within these city walls. But Mike Tomlin ain't going to get a losing season. They're going 9-8. and eight. I guarantee you that. So even if things don't shake out the way you want them to and they make the playoffs, and that's something you can really tangibly hang your hat on this year and say, here's the take I just walked into out loud. It's like Michael Scott. Sometimes I start a sentence I don't even you know, don't where, even I'm know going where it's going. It. It's more impressive for this team this year to make the playoffs than it was for the last team year. last year to make the playoffs. True or false? Oh, 100% true. Ooh, Okay. I think I lean true too. I think there was some impressive natures to both of those factors. Ben Solo or Ben Solong tour. I'll make yeah, the playoffs. Farewell tour. Get yeah. one last playoff appearance before I'm out, I'm out the door. Kenny's rookie season though, and a really, really, really young team grinding their way to nine wins. I lean towards this year being a more. I lean towards this year also too because because uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but last year was more of like a coronation if you will and this is going out the door now and a celebration of what happened this year it feels like a building of towards something new now. not only that the team started off five and three yeah last year year they were in the playoff mix pretty much from the jump they were dead and buried they were they were you know always in the hunt Mm -hmm. and then got there like got to the spot i like they're dead and buried this year right and teams were talking about them getting like and not only that fourth pick in the draft tom we talked about Ben Roethlisberger leaving and Kenny Pickett entering. There's another guy you're failing to mention who had a monster season last year, who played majority of the season in one defensive player of the year. A healthy TJ Watt for the majority of the season really helped you. When you went with, what, seven games without TJ Watt this year, and yet you fell to two and six and three and seven probably because of that, and you rebounded despite that, I, I don't think it's a question. I think hands down, it's it's this year that's more impressive. Because say Ben Roethlisberger started two and six last year without TJ Watt, and then went to three and seven. Like we would say, classic Ben. You know, took a team that was down and out, completely. You're never dead with Ben. Completely discredited. You're never dead with Ben. He he brings the team back. Fantastic. This year it was Kenny Pickett as a rookie who didn't even get the start at the beginning of the season, right? He had to come in three weeks in or four weeks in and really rally the team. And it, I'm not saying it put and it all on. And didn't really start rallying the team even initially. No, I'm not had to wait saying, until after the bye week. Right, I'm not even saying put it all on Kenny's shoulders. But the fact that a rookie quarterback has been at the helm the entire way through the bye week, I mean, it's it's pretty— It's like, very impressive. Sure, the Tampa Bay game, he left early, and Mitch came in in relief and iced the game for Guess them. Guess what? Back yes. up, good backup quarterbacks that you pay Mitch Trubisky money— and he was a starter when you paid him that money, but now he's a backup. You pay those good backups to come in off the bench and win you a and game in Tampa Bay. And keep you in the lead. Yeah, you pay him to start the next week after that Ravens game and, and get you a big win that you need. And then look at the other—I mean, like, I'm not trying to discredit Mitch here— yeah, he went against Baltimore or against Tampa Bay, but look what happened when he had to come in relief against Baltimore through three interceptions. He did, but again, he looked like a backup quarterback that's comparable because right, he so moved it's, the football. And right. then he went down to Carolina and beat Carolina, which every game you needed to win because you're hanging on by a thread. They needed to win that game. So and the, and the I think the story of that game was the defense completely smothering the Carolina offense. Remember, the running remember, game, yeah, yeah, the run game. They ran for like 35 yards that day. 
So I, 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 I think this year is the more impressive season to me. I agree. Good. We can end the episode now. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. We can go home. Uh, but as far as you know, yeah, that's a real accomplishment. You can also view Tomlin keeping that winning season record as a quasi accomplishment, and I think. Yes, I understand the fatigue of the he's never had a losing season argument, especially when we haven't won a playoff game since 2016. I, I get that fatigue, right. but warranted. at the same time, you kind of have to have a different feel for this one, Jacob, because it's not like they were at one point nine and five or nine and six, and then they finished nine and eight. And it's like, oh, well, he never had a losing season. Well, great. We collapsed on the stretch. He was going to have his first losing season. Oh, absolutely. The national pundits were saying, Tomlin's a great coach, and at the end of the year, this is going to be such a crazy feeling when he hits nine losses and we have to talk about him having that first losing season. It's never happened in his professional career as a head coach. Like, they were ready. They were getting their takes in the draft. The takes were in the drafts. Tweets were ready to be sent out. And he just did not lose more than two games after that point. And he will not lose more than two games after that 2 no. and six point because they're going to beat the Browns. So... Again, there's a different feel to it this year where it's like, yeah, great, he won nine wins. We'll make the playoffs and win a playoff game. It's like, wow, he got to nine wins and they were two and six. Like, I thought this streak was over, and now I'm more confident than ever that it's going to continue into next year. It'll be, what, 16 seasons now without a losing season? 16. It would tie George Hallis for third uh, for most consecutive uh, 500 or plus seasons in a row. I believe Belichick is second. With 17, and I believe in first is uh, either Lambo, yeah, because he's tying Hallis for third. So it's Lambo in first, who's at like 19 or 20 or 21. He shouldn't count because he was playing whenever they were wearing leather helmets. And yeah, he was like playing that. like three other teams. Seriously, get out of here, Lambo. Who do you but think? You think you're some you think legend? You Seriously, <laughs> we can do without you. And you know that Hallis guy, too. I mean, yeah, he came even before. Get out of the way Lambo, for Belichick and Tomlin. I yeah. mean, those are the real winners right there. They're no. playing six. I mean, they were playing, what, 10 games back uh, then? Seriously. Right? I mean, guys were working in coal mines on the weekend or on the weekdays before they yeah, were This was to their play hobby play, yeah. that they were doing here. <laughs> seriously. I mean, you're beating a bunch of plumbers and electricians out there. Yeah. I mean, Mike and Bill are beating the real athletes right now. Uh, so. They're going to beat the Browns. We're just going to keep coming. The reset point of this episode is just going to come back to it. They're going <laughs> to beat the Browns. Every time There's... we make a point and we, we conclude with that point, the next they're going to be the Browns. They're going to beat the Browns. And I think the key matchup here is Steelers running attack versus the Browns rush defense. It is the worst rush defense in the NFL in terms of expected points added is concerned. And it's near the bottom as far as total rush defense is concerned as well. You can really tune these guys up on the ground. And all week long, Jacob, that offensive line, that running back room has been watching film of them kicking the number three defense in terms of stopping the runs ass up and down the field for 60 minutes at M&T Bank Stadium. That is a much better unit that you abused. Granted, without Calais Campbell, but even without Calais Campbell, that is a much better unit that you abused in their own dojo last week than the one coming into your house this week. I completely expect this offensive line to be road grading. They're going to put that plow on the front of their truck, and they're going to be clearing the roads for Nodge and Jalen, and even Kenny if he wants to do a little scrambling as well. I think that the Steelers are going to have a fun day on the ground. 
Yeah, it should be. And it's not just limited to Najee Harris having a fun day. It's Jalen Warren who can get involved. I think Kenny Pickett can get involved in the run game. Although, let me ask you this. Sure. You haven't seen Pickett really run scramble-wise to gain yards lately, have you? You've, of course, seen him get out of the You've pocket. You've seen him be mobile and throw in the pocket, the run. yeah, or behind the line of scrimmage. Sure. They changed his helmet after the second concussion. Do you think maybe a little, hey. Like, hey. Let's not run as much, maybe. We're let's, seeing a trend here. Let's, 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 let's kind of avoid the you. hits. If you can yeah. run, run to get out of bounds, run to slide. Let's. But then again, I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because the dude will not stop calling his own number on quarterback sneaks, and I don't know how. You don't get your head rocked when you just dip your head into all those beefy yeah, obviously nine, you're gonna, nine you're gonna beefy men. Contact. Yeah, right. So I, I, I don't know if it's a. Uh, I don't want to speak out of turn and say they're telling Kenny not to run. I just have noticed he's not running as much, and maybe that's a Kenny decision. Maybe he knows my arm's going to do more damage than my yeah. legs. I don't know, but but I'm just saying but they're going to have not, a lot of room to run in this game. That's the point. It's not limited to Najee Harris being the only one who has success. <clears throat> excuse me, who has success on the ground this week. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And they're very injured in their linebacking room, uh, if you're the Cleveland Browns. Jeremiah Wosukormoa, he's on IR. Sloan Takitaki, he's on IR. Anthony Walker, he's on IR. Those are their three starting backers, dude. And they're all not going to be playing in this game. So you've got guys like Reggie Ragland, Deion Jones, and Tony Fields the second getting the start. Uh, if you... Get man on man and block that defensive line, which other than Miles Garrett, and let's be quite honest, he's not a real run stopper. He's a pass threat, pass rush threat first and foremost. Yeah. If you get past those defensive linemen, You're, it's pretty much open. Who's going to tackle that linebacker? All JV linebackers are yeah. who are going to be trying to tackle a dude that I think, and th- this is what I think we're going to notice if he stays healthy, is one of Najee's greatest strengths. He's such a punishing back for sure that defenses are going to wear down later in games. You saw we an, saw it happen. An all-pro caliber defense collectively in the Ravens, especially when it comes to stopping the run, wear down late. What are these JV linebackers going to do after you know these tree trunks just keep running over them and over them and over them and over them? I mean, it's going to be tough. And Labs, I think, was pointing out it was either the the Carolina game or one of the games. Najee was at the goal line. He ran in. And there's a player for the defensive team you could see could have tried to meet him and, and you know, kind of tug off. award their way to see if he gets the touchdown. And he just kind of made the business decision and let Najee walk in. Like, that's a tough dude to bring down. Oh, absolutely. It's not fun. And we've, we've brought up the point that it, it takes more than one guy to just bring Najee Harris down. Yes. And that wasn't the case at the beginning of the year, which is why we all kind of had pause. But it's the case now, and that yeah. dude is healthy. It's and nice that to dude's see that hard. All of our concerns at the beginning of the season. Did he lose it after one year? Is it really just? Yeah, not to this got... extreme. But is he Trent Richardson? You know, that right. was starting. To but come you were in. you were kind of thinking like, okay, this guy who ran for a thousand yards and and caught for five hundred yards or had a combined fifteen hundred yards from scrimmage in his rookie year, and made a wait. I think he made the Pro Bowl last year. Uh, was in the running for Offensive Rookie of the Year last year. Obviously wasn't going to beat out Jamar Chase, but still had an incredible rookie season. Yeah, obviously you you go to the Trent Richardson comparison because it's a running back. He's out of Alabama. Uh, First-round pick used on him. But it's a terrible comparison, and thank because God now, it's a terrible comparison. Because now you see that Najee Harris just had to get over that injury, and he's running like crazy now, even against elite defenses. And I think, you know, this is kind of funny because this is now – 
two feature backs in a row that the Steelers have had, two stud caliber backs that they've had in a row that are, are kind of like this. Not a lot of home run hitting ability, not a lot of breakaway speed, and that's kind of like Bell was, right? Like, Bell wasn't really going to hit you for that 60-yard yeah. home run. He wasn't going to hit you for a 45. He could just because yeah. of the moves he made. But almost always the safety was going to catch up yeah, with right. him at the yeah, end. Exactly. And then he'd, you know, stiff-arm the safety for another 10 yards before he'd go down. But, you know, Nodge is the same way. Like, once he gets into the open field, sure, he can have breakaway speed to the extent that he'll have a big run here or there. But he could also get tracked down by members of secondary Good luck once you track him down, bringing him down. Right, good luck a guy who weighs like 40 yeah, pounds less right. than him trying to bring him down. But you're never going to really have that element to his game. But that's okay because we're seeing the element of I'm going to wear you down. I'm going to eat these yardages chunks at a time. I'm going to get you for five. I'm going to get you for eight. I'll get you for 15 every once in a while. I'm going to get you for 10 here. I'll get you for three on this down, but then I'm coming back with five on the Just relentless, voluminous running from Najee Harrison. It's the greatest strength of this offense right now as they try to make the playoffs and win a playoff game, make a run here. And we knew it would have been the greatest strength at the beginning of the year, too. We've said we said all offseason, all training camp, this offense is going to be predicated on Najee. Yeah. If they can run the run, if they can Najee, run the yeah. ball well, then they'll set up everything else well as well. Yeah, and that's I, what you're seeing it down the stretch. And I don't know about the setting up everything else well because they still don't score much points. But I, I guarantee you, life's being made easier on Kenny Pickett because of that freak in the backfield that's just been like that that horseman of the apocalypse, like blowing steam out of his nose as he waits to take the handoff and just run over defenders. It's an incredible asset to have as a rookie quarterback, and as Kenny will grow, regardless of his age, to have a guy like Najee Harris. Line up either right next to you or right behind you because give the ball to him or <clears throat> if you're in a pass position, you don't see anyone open down the field, dump it off to Najee and he'll get you five, six, seven yards almost every time. Yep. And he's so much fun to watch. Like this he really is because is. Is, it's it's Steelers football, right? Like traditional Steelers football. Like he's not like Bell was not traditional Steelers football. No, Bell but was Bell was sp- also in a in a Kind of he was my favorite player to watch too, but it was a new school. Right. I've never seen that style of running. And you won't see it. You haven't seen it since. This is a mean running back now yeah. for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is he's a Jerome an, Bettis. He's an Franco angry. Harris. He's an angry guy. Back, yeah, he, he's going to be an angry one. He already won an angry run already this year. That's two years in a row that he's been an angry uh-huh. runs winner, and he's going to win more because he is a mean, nasty dude. Browns have one of those dudes too, though. I don't want to tackle Nick Chubb for four quarters. He's, yeah, but at least you don't got to worry about Nick Chubb because they barely use Kareem Hunt, right? That's so baffling to if me. If you look at the numbers, Jalen Warren, right, is an undrafted rookie this year compared to Najee Harris, who was taken in the first round out of Alabama. Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, both incredible coming out of college. Kareem Hunt had a really good start to his career in Kansas City. Off the field issues are what brought him to Cleveland. But a really good start to Cleveland's career, too. They were using him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But if you look at the numbers side by side, Warren is like right behind Hunt in, 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 in attempts or in carries and yards and average. He actually averages a whole yard. Jalen Warren averages almost five yards per carry. It's one yard less. Uh, Kareem Hunt doesn't even. Uh, run for four yards per carry on the season so far. It's malpractice. I I don't understand why you don't use this two-headed monster, especially in a league 
where, yeah, okay, so I have the numbers right here. 119 carries, 455 yards, three tutties, and a 3.8 yards per carry average for Kareem Hunt. On just 71 carries, he's almost just 100 yards less than Kareem Hunt, Jalen Warren, with 343 right. yards. He's got a tutty on the year, and he averages almost five yards per carry. That's what so I just said. That's what I just mentioned. Way more, yeah. way more effective than Kareem Hunt and being utilized even less than Kareem Hunt's being utilized. I mean, right. 119, 119 carries yeah. for Kareem Hunt at this point in the season. That's low. That's low. And I know you have a stud in Nick Chubb that you want to feed the majority, but I think that the you know idea for the Browns behind having Hunt and Chubb was to – you know, yeah, we have a feature league dog back in Chubb, but we don't have to use him like that. We can keep him fresh because we also have Kareem Hunt. We have we have the, arguably the best two-headed monster in the NFL. Why aren't you seeing, like, some cool throwback formations where they're split back in the backfield? Right. You don't know who's going to take yeah. the handoff. Like, you should be a team that is so committed to those two being your identity on offense, and they just try to center it around Chubb. And now they center it more around Deshaun Watson than anybody, and he's right, which is a mistake. He just because stinks he's right just now. Terrible. It's garbage. Yeah. So, I, I it's it's very bizarre to me their usage of Kareem Hunt. And what's extra bizarre is remember when Hunt wanted out? Remember when he wanted the trade? The season, right. And they didn't grant it to him. Now Why they're not? doing it even. They're giving him the ball even yes. less, giving him even more of a reason. Why to didn't out. you trade him then? Like if this yeah, is if how you're going to use him, this him let, get this a fourth little, round pick right. for him and 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 move on. And so it's like it's weird. It's like, oh, you want to trade? You want to get out of here? Well, guess what? We're going to stick you to the bench. That'll show you. It's like no, that'll show you. You could have gotten a draft pick for a guy that didn't want to be there, and now you're just not using someone that's already disgruntled and making him even more disgruntled, probably. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his contract is. If he's done at the end he of the year, hour. Yeah, for th- sure. He, if he's not, I bet you he makes a lot more noise about a trade in the offseason. Right, then he, more so than he even did last year. Yeah, because he's a, I don't want to say starting running back. Well, he is. And, I and, think in he the is. NFL, no, for I think some he teams. Is. I, I'll tell you, one team who would probably like to have him on their team is the Kansas City Chiefs because, what's his name? Clyde Edwards. Clyde Kind of a bust. Although I will say I, I like Pacheco. A Pacheco's lot. I think Pacheco's got decent. Potential. Yeah, but you'd probably take Hunt over Pacheco for you? Th- oh, right now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Maybe in three years I like Pacheco more. Just because he's younger. He's a free agent this year. Kareem Hunt, Hunt is. Yeah. There you unrestricted. Go. So I guarantee you he ain't coming back to Cleveland. No. He's gonna and go somewhere else. It's a shame because Cleveland could have done a lot of good with Deshaun Watson. Even though Deshaun Watson has been less than what you expected of him. With Jacoby Brissett playing, you could have just said, okay, it's going to be the Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb show all year long. These guys are each going to finish with, like, 250 carries. Kareem Hunt's nowhere near there, and you're just giving— you're just you're basically saying, yeah, go ahead, leave. Now, I would say for the Steelers' defense, you have to bottle up Chubb and make sure that he doesn't hurt you, but Stefanski might do that on his own, and right. that's just because always a variable Stefanski, when you play yeah. this Cleveland Browns team is that he just might take his running back out of the game himself. Now, he did not in week 13, or excuse me, week three against the Steelers. Chubb had 111 yards on the ground and, and burned him for a couple of big hitters. And no one has more big plays in the running game than Nick Chubb than the Browns and Nick okay. Chubb. They have 20 or more. They're the only team, I think, with 20 or more plays of 20-plus yards in the NFL. They, they lead the league in that category. The so-called big play, twenty-plus yard run plays. So they run the ball effectively when they choose to run the ball, and when they choose to do it is the key phrase there. 
I we saw the Steelers last week play better against the Baltimore run offense, but J.K. Dobbins still had a pretty decent day. Right, almost I, got to a hundred yards. I don't know if you can limit Nick Chubb to like a a thirty yard day, or you can do it, but that's the anomaly, right? You don't expect that to happen. Right, that's the okay. Wow, yes. Even though Pittsburgh has been floating around like a top ten run defense all year long. This is something that you never thought that they could do. If that were the case, if we're sitting here on Monday and the Brown and they held Nick Chubb to like twenty five yards on like eight, nine carries or something like that, I would say that was more something wrong with Chubb, something wrong with the Browns. Then it was to game give plan credit. To Unless give you credit. see like Cam and Larry O and yeah. TJ in the backfield on every But play. if Chubb's on, even if Cam and them are, are dominating, he's gonna get you for a ten yard gain every now and then. He's right. he's just too good of a running back. Uh-huh. So like I always liked this whenever LeBron played in Cleveland. Teams would always do the let LeBron get his strategy. And like then take 40, yeah, right. 20, and 10. Just make sure, and no, then just one make sure no one else eats. You kind of like that? Try with... to keep him under 100 for sure. But if he gets 85, I think you can live with you that. You feel good about yeah. that. Yeah. I, I think that's... Because um, Deshaun Watson's not going to beat you through the air. No, and that's where we're going next. He has just not impressed at all since coming back. And I was talking to a caller yesterday on the Mark Madden show, and he was like, yeah, you know, we knew there was going to be two, three games where he wasn't going to look himself. Well, this is game six now. Yeah. Like, I thought, and I'm not saying I expected by game six for him to look like AFC championship game Houston Texans Deshaun Watson again, but I expected to see some signs, right? Like with mm-hmm. Kenny, we talk about how he's taking baby steps and we see the signs, the NFL caliber throws, the touchdown to Pickett, the Sims throw, the touchdown to Najee on the move. I know we've seen those throws a lot more for Deshaun Watson than Kenny Pickett at this point. Deshaun Watson used to make nothing but those throws, but they're nowhere to be found right now. Like mm-hmm. He's just not looking like an NFL quarterback. And yes, he needs to get his feet under him, but didn't you think that by now he would have started to show those signs? Right. Like maybe he does still throw some interceptions or make some dumb decisions, but like then you were still expecting to see like, whoa, did he zip like, that ball into Cooper? The, he's doing the the Houston Texan Deshaun Watson kind of things, freakish athletic plays. Like where's the one drive that he's like five for five for sixty yards and just like zipping the yeah. ball all over the place? Like it's just not happening. And again, I didn't think that would happen this year consistently, but I expected to see signs of it, and it happened few and far between, especially by this point. And he's really one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. I mean, yeah, as far as EPA is concerned with qualified quarterbacks, he's twenty fourth out of all of like what thirty three or thirty four. I think that qualify as starters. So. He's no, I mean, bad. He real the bad. Browns, it's, it's pretty obvious. The Browns are better off this season. I'm not saying forever for future generation or for future seasons, but they were better off just keeping Jacoby Brissett yeah, as and their that, quarterback. That's right? a debate for sure. Like, do well, they? I don't know about next year because I think. No, 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 no. I mean this year. Do they win that Saints game with Brissett and stay in the. Are they 8 8 right now with just as much of a life pulse as the Steelers? Maybe. If they're eight and eight, are the Steelers, you know, in a lot of trouble here because the Browns would then have the tiebreaker going into this game, and then they'd be in the Steelers spot, I right. think, where they'd be hoping for they'd the ahead, Dolphins yeah. and the Patriots to lose. So, and they'd be they'd be they'd be saying to themselves, "Oh, we're not going to lose to the." But the I think Steelers. ultimately the right decision was made to switch quarterbacks because at the beginning of the year the credo was, "Yeah, we'll see what this year holds for us, but it's about next year." When he comes in, we're going to treat that as kind of like a preseason building towards twenty twenty three. And even though Brissett gave you some signs of life, he also it wasn't he also like you took kind those of, signs of it life It wasn't away. like you kind of were sitting. Where were they? Let me let me look at this real quick. No, because they had what I think there was like a four game losing streak that they had in there with right. Brissett at they quarterback. entered the Watson game with a four and seven record. They entered yeah. like 
even like five and six or six and five, they're right at five hundred. And they're feeling really good about okay, well Deshaun can come in and, and, and the weird thing games. is too is like the record's not terrible for Watson. He, they're three and two, should be four and one though, because you can't lose to the Saints at home. And, and like also like they had like a re- relatively easy schedule. Right. They played Houston. Right, which is why they're winning kind of despite Watson's bad play. Yeah. They're playing bad teams, they're running the ball effectively when they run the ball. And they're, they're playing st- defense, but they're still not even doing like so much on. I mean, they haven't scored more than twenty-seven. That's points what I mean. On it's offense, d- it's since just Deshaun came back, and now that, that twenty-seven points came against Houston. They're kind of just grinding out wins yeah. against really, really. But bad then, teams. like, how do you make sense of the Baltimore win? Baltimore is just so broken. That, again, yeah. that's a that's a sign. There, that's a game there where I look more at Baltimore and go, "What's wrong with you?" Than right. Cleveland. Wow, great, great defensive effort from the Brownies. So, yeah, I mean. Exactly. Like one of those I mean, one game, of those three wins game, is a thirteen and three against Baltimore. Against Baltimore that they won thirteen and three. Deshaun Watson threw for only hundred and sixty one yards and yeah. Nick Chubb didn't get over hundred yards in that game. Yeah, like they're winning in just weird NFL winning ways where you just like can't make heads or tail of what they're doing well, but they're getting wins and they're gonna be five hundred though when they're Watson because as I've been saying for a while on this episode. They're gonna lose to the Steelers. The Steelers because are gonna three be the and Browns. two now. The three so and the third two with loss Watson. will come as and three it and will three. come yeah. with this game to the Steelers. He's going to lose to Pittsburgh. Um, you got to be a little nervous if you're Cleveland, though, right? About your investment. Like, I know that you should still go into next season and say, "Okay, full off season." He was rusty. Coming no off field distractions he this off season. He hadn't played. In Although two you don't years. know no off season distractions. Off season. Hey, I think we're, we're always happening. More allegations could come. Could out. Easily come back, but he did take two years off of the game. I mean, not his choice, but he was away from the game for two years. Came in in the middle of the season, like you said, we didn't get the full off season. We'll have the off season. We'll have the preseason as well. Yeah, and I think teams next year are always going to look at the Browns when they come in week one, week two, week three, and they're going to say, is this the game? Is he going to switch, flip the switch? Are they going to become... Because fl- if he does flip that switch, once he does, they go from mediocrity, middle-of-the-pack AFC, to barking up the heels of the contenders, I okay, think. Okay, you? you have Deshaun Watson, so you're immediately in talks with Josh Allen in Buffalo, Mahomes in Kansas City, and Burrow in, in Cincinnati. You're not being sarcastic, right? You agree with no, that? No, that's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. If you get the old Deshaun You have Watson. those three guys, and you say, oh, bleep, if you're the Steelers or any other team. Yeah. Now you have to worry about Deshaun Watson and the Browns. Yeah, uh, he. I think he, if he can get back to his old form, he jumps right into that conversation, yeah. and that team jumps right into that conversation. But think about that, Tom. At that point, it'll be three years since you really saw Deshaun Watson doing Deshaun And Watson that's what things. I'm getting at here, is that I think we're going to go through week one, and he's still going to look bad, and we're going to be like, okay, maybe week two is the week where it gets put together, and the Steelers beat him next year 38-0, to zero because Kenny Pickett's going to light him next <laughs> year, and the offense is going to be amazing. Right. And then week three comes along, and they're still not looking that great, and he's still sputtering. And then we're going to be at week ten, and they're going to be like four and seven or three and seven, and everybody's going to be like, "What's the deal here? They can't. They just keep when they win, they grind it out, and he just looks bad. Like when, when, when is that point where the dam breaks, and you say it's not a matter of when will he wake up? He's dormant forever." Right. And they have $280 million tied up, guaranteed, into that problem. Now, I brought up a, a question yesterday. Wilson in Denver, Watson in Cleveland. Which of these quarterbacks grossly overpaid for no real reason and— Leaves the team worse? 
I think it's Denver. No, who bounces back? Oh. Who is most likely to not leave their franchise in absolute purgatory for the next half decade and actually wakes up and starts to play somewhat towards the value of their contract? Are you asking me? Yeah. Oh, I I have no I would uh, I would guess Russell Wilson just because he never took a break like Deshaun did. And all his off the field stuff isn't criminal. It's, it's just he's just a jerk. He's just an idiot. Yeah, he's just a jerk. He's People just don't a like fool. him. Yeah. And he's won, right? Like Deshaun Watson had, I think, one good year. Like he Russell Wilson was going to the Pro Bowl, taking his teams to the playoffs every year for like the first seven years of his career. And aside from the running game and offensive line in Cleveland, I like what they have in Denver around. Well, especially Russell. on defense. Yeah, and I, Jerry Judy, I think, is the better receiver of anybody in that group. He just hasn't really proven it yet because he's stuck in a broken he's offense. He's stuck with but a I think he's a, Like You saw that game a couple weeks ago when Russell played like Russell in And Seattle. he threw three touchdowns. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah, right. Like, that's what we've been waiting for. I don't think Judy forgot to play football. I mean, he's yeah. a pretty highly talented I mean, prospect. we talk all the time about Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell and A.J. And a. Brown. All these guys who came. A.J. Brown, sorry, came from Ole Miss. But these are the Alabama, Alabama guys. Receivers. Jerry Judy is an Alabama receiver as well, and I think he was the best one of those. Guys I don't, I don't in know in that, in that, in well, that. Well, Devonte won the Heisman, so right. it's hard to yeah. say that he wasn't. But I don't think Judy was on the team that Devonte won the Heisman. I think Judy had already left to the NFL. They get a lot of really good receivers down there in Alabama. Yeah. Don't wow, they? they're good at that, aren't yeah, they? Don't they? You think a lot of targets. You know who's an Alabama receiver too? Don't forget, who? We're, we're talking about this pool of receivers across two teams: the Browns and the and the, and the Broncos. Who? Amari Cooper. Wow, it's hard to remember that he went to Alabama because he's so old. He's old to now, the yeah. Receivers, but yeah, I mean, you're right, Amari Cooper, Bama guy, and a guy that you have to worry about if you're the Steelers for sure. Like because you, you big time that... wide receivers hurt the Steelers, and I don't think Amari Cooper's top ten anymore, but he's top twenty five for sure still. And those are the guys that can really hurt them. Although our most recent foray against a receiver like this was Devonte Adams, and they did really well against him. Granted. It was played on Hoth in negative 500 billion degree weather. And Derek Carr played the worst game of his career and got benched and is no longer going to be the Vegas Raiders quarterback after that game. So right. not all exactly just, oh, the Steelers shut Devontae Adams down, no questions. There's other variables that went into that, but it's at least a good start if that is going to be the start to stopping you know, a stud receiver. I just don't know you know, how you can say it's not a fluke kind of because what changed? You know, there's no personnel change. It's not like they – I'm sure they did all, everything they could to scheme against Devontae Adams. Sure. Who doesn't? He still right. eats you alive every week, even if you are double, triple teaming him and, and bracketing him. So Unless you're the Steelers and you shut him down. I just completely. think it was the day where Devontae Adams was off and the Steelers need to take it and say thank you. Um, one thing that Matt Williamson did propose to me – as to what might be changing is that the pass rush just might be getting home a little bit faster with Watt back and people are starting to get home, getting pressure on the right. quarterback. So that helps in your coverage because you don't have to cover freaks like Adams for as long. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's a, a big factor in this. And I'm more, I'm much, I was much more concerned about Adams than I am about Amari Cooper this week. And remember in week three against the Browns with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, when he torched us with, Amari Cooper, that connection was deadly. Yeah, right. The pass rush was as broken as really it ever right. had. Yeah, been. Yeah, that was yeah, your yeah. second game after Watt. And it was a short week on Thursday night. It's the Thursday night game. I don't think they Great got a point. single sack in that game. Honestly, I don't know if they did either. So uh, that's different. And as far as sacking the quarterback's concerned, Deshaun Watson holds on to that baby for three point two seconds, and he only throws it seven point one yards down the field. 
you can definitely pin yeah. your ears back. And I mean, he is team. not. He's. I mean, at least right now in this season, he is not playing as well as the other guy who was brought in to be his backup in Jacob in Jacoby Brissett. There's no question. The facts just lay it out plainly. The numbers don't lie. Yeah, I mean, the completion percentage is unbelievable. It's 63, 64% completion percentage for Deshaun Watts or for Jacoby Brissett. And then Deshaun Watson's completing like 54, 55% of his passes. It's it's like Joe Namath territory almost. It's not good. Uh, So, yeah, Steelers had zero sacks against the Browns the last time they met. So I bet you that changes this week. Yeah, I like to see that change. They're going to beat the Browns. Yeah. They're going to beat the Browns. Right. They're going to be. We're both taking the Steelers when we make our picks next episode. Subscribe right now to this very podcast, The Steelers Standards. We do episodes on a usual week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, uh, three episodes a day. Always love talking to you guys. So make sure you send that love right back by hitting that download and subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts the Steelers mobile app, the iHeart app. Spotify, Apple, anywhere, all all of those places. Go and download and subscribe, and we really appreciate you uh, doing that and and helping us out as well because we get lashes if we don't get good reviews and we don't get good. Yeah, it's it's not good. So avoid Jacob being punished by me. Please. By me. It's (laughs) me that delivers the punishment to him every time we get bad reviews. So save Jacob, and when you do review, type in the review comment, Save Jacob, and then we'll know that, that you're, you've you heard mean, this, yeah, right. and that's why you're reviewing for us. For Jacob, I'm Tom Opperman. We will be back with one more episode. We'll light that fireplace. We'll talk about yeah. Week 18 and all the crazy scenarios that need to happen. They're not that crazy, though, for the Pittsburgh Steelers to make the playoffs. It's on the way next in the Steelers Standard.